The thing about the Name Your Price tool from Progressive is that by now you've heard a lot of ads about the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. We probably don't even need the words, the Name Your Price tool, to tell you that our humpback whale pub gives you options based on your budget. Or that our novelty hand buzzer helps you save on car insurance. And that's the thing about the tiny felt bag filled with marbles. At this point, you've heard a lot of ads about the elusive northern bobcat. The Name Your Price tool. <coughs> the neighbor who baked you banana bread. Only from Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to this week's episode of the Inside Line Formula One podcast. So guys, for the first time in the history of our podcast, for the first time in over 300 episodes, guys, we're releasing back-to-back episodes of the Inside Line Formula One podcast. Absolutely. And this is our version of back-to-back Grand Prix weekends, you know, and it seems like a lot of fun. Yeah. Kunal, are you wondering why we don't do this more often? Yeah, well, but no, <laughs> no, I am old school like Sebastian Vettel. I'd rather do an episode every week rather than an episode every day, you know. Yeah, thank God for that. And also, guys, we are gunning for nearly 50 episodes this year. That's our highest ever. So it's a year of a lot of interesting milestones for us. Yes, we are breaking, uh, you know, the limits of what podcasts should be just before Formula One tries to break the limits of number of Grand Prix weekends in the year. But uh, we had Jerome the Ambrosio on our show last night and one of our listeners, Stefan, he wrote to us saying that Jerome's chances for the Formula E championships are higher this season because his episode was the 44th episode on our show for this year. Wow. wow. I, I actually didn't even think of that. Yeah, yeah, Stefan, that is some serious eye for detail. And I really wish Numerology worked that way. You know, I wish we were that important. It would feel nice. Yes. So in this week's episode of the Inside Line F1 podcast, we have a special guest. He's the one driver that all of motorsport undoubtedly believes should be racing in Formula One, period. Ladies and gentlemen, we have Mahindra Racing's Formula E driver, Pascal Verline, on our show tonight. Yeah, so we're going to be talking Formula E to a former Formula One driver. And Kunal, you know what? I'll tell you. Pascal Verlein is an absolute champion in every series. So he's championship material, I would say, in every single series that he races in. Yes, but we are going to start this podcast talking about Pascal Verlein's Formula One teammates, Sebastian Vettel and Charles Leclerc. Yeah, so Verlein's got an envious list of employers. First it was Mercedes and now it's Mahindra Racing and Ferrari, lest we forget. Yes, so the two Ferrari drivers, Vettel and Leclerc, they crashed into each other at the Brazilian Grand Prix like we all know and I think we're going to remember this crash just the way we remember Vettel in Turkey with Mark Webber and then Rosberg and Hamilton in Spain in 2016. Kunal, are you one of those people who isn't going to blame uh, Vettel for the crash? It sounds like No, no, I absolutely am going to blame Vettel for the crash but all I was doing was I was quoting what Ferrari said. They said that both drivers took each other out. Both drivers could have avoided the incident and, and so on, you know, towing the center line when there clearly isn't one. Yeah, I think it was very diplomatic. But I also know that Ferrari's assessment is impaired. I remember they blamed Max Verstappen for the mess in Singapore in 2017. And you know how in Canada, they still believe they have won the race this season. <laughs> but anyway, long story short, Vettel was right in doing what he did, which was basically driving around the outside of Charles. And then trying to, 
you know, squeeze Charles to the inside. That's all fair. That's that's what motorsport is all about. Just that he didn't actually have to race this hard, knowing that it was his teammate on the inside. Or, I have to suggest this, what if he actually decided to squeeze harder, knowing that it was his teammate on the inside? Well, um, yeah, because Kunal, you know, in my opinion, Vettel's move was completely psychological, given how Leclerc has really outclassed him all through the season. Yeah, yeah, and you know, Sebastian Vettel is spinning around the corner, so he's finding the corners difficult, and now he's crashing while driving straight, so he's finding the straights difficult, and I really wonder how Ferrari are going to sort their driver messed out for 2020. Yeah, thankfully, it's their headache and not ours. We just talk about it. <laughs> yeah, and we laugh about it. We joke about it. But I must tell you guys, I really miss the classic Sebastian Vettel, right? Anyway, final point before we present Pascal Verlein on our show. Fernando Alonso and Max Verstappen, they have some really strange bromance going on the last week or so. Alonso wished Hamilton for his sixth world title, which is a good thing. But he called Verstappen the best driver on the grid. Yeah, and then Max Verstappen returned the favour by saying that Alonso could return to Formula 1 and still win a world championship. I was like, what is happening? Well, I must tell you, I think both these gents spoke the absolute truth. It's just that nobody's going to have Alonso back in Formula 1. McLaren have said no, like we said in our episode last night. But uh, Lewis Hamilton shared Fernando Alonso's uh, you know wishes on social media. He, he shared... Alonso's text, a screenshot of the text and said, amazing, you know, in inverted commas. And I was wondering if Hamilton was being sarcastic about how Alonso wished him, you know. Yeah, I wonder if Hamilton was expecting like, you know, a feature in Fernando Alonso's Insta stories. <laughs> that's what everyone does these days. Yeah, I mean, because I think Snapchat is too private, I guess, right? Or maybe that's what Hamilton was expecting, Snapchat. You know, who knows what these millennials do these days or you millennials do. You will never know, Kunal, because you clearly don't identify as a millennial. Yeah, just write a postcard <laughs> to me for Christmas, guys, I'll be happy. <laughs> anyway, finally, the 2019 Brazilian Grand Prix was yet another Lewis Hamilton Radio Masterclass. You know, it felt like he complained about everything he could, including the safety car driving around too slowly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, honestly, if he would have won, it would have been yet another, oh my God, it was one of the toughest races of my life and so on and, you know, all of that. Yeah, I literally think Lewis Hamilton holds the unofficial record of the maximum races in which a driver has complained about the team's <laughs> tyre strategy. Hands down winner. You know, at one point, I almost thought that Lewis Hamilton would go on the radio and say, Bono, I think I'm in the wrong car. It should have been a Red Bull today. You know, <laughs> that's what, because he kept doing that about whichever compound the team selected. Oh, well. And I think we should park that there, literally. And guys, on that note, here's presenting to you Pascal Werlein. And I'd say he's the one driver I will be betting on for this year's uh, Drivers' Championship in Formula E. You know, that's a bold one, but why not? It's your money and it's Pascal Werlein's luck, right? So, Pascal, welcome to our show. Welcome to the Inside Line F1 podcast. It's your second season in Formula E. How well prepared are you? I mean... How were your pre-season tests? Um, yes, so far everything went well. Um, we had a good um, official testing in Valencia. Um, we had a few private tests, uh, which went uh, really well as well. So um, I think we are well prepared, but uh, obviously you never know where you are until the first race. So looking forward to that. Yeah, the first race isn't too far away. So all the best from all of us and all of our listeners. 
And, you know, Pascal, there are just so many comparisons being made between Formula E and Formula One. Are these comparisons really necessary? I mean, I like to think of them as two completely different series, right? No, and it's also not comparable because they are so different. Um, not only because of the engine, um, also because we are just driving on street circuits. We, <laughs> we have, like, more or less every team has uh, a similar car. There are just some certain areas you can improve. It's, it's a completely different thinking than in Formula One, uh, where lap time can be bought with, with money. So, uh, um, yeah, it's, it's not comparable. It's, it's completely different. Well, that's a straight to the point answer. And I like the way you put it, you know, that lap time can be bought with money in Formula One and absolutely so. I think money can buy a lot of things in Formula 1, including a team and including a lifelong contract. But it cannot buy you a place on the Inside Line Formula 1 podcast, guys. Yes, absolutely Only not. Only talent and merit. <laughs> You're welcome, Pascal. But... <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I guess this is where Formula E's next rule will be at some point. You know, some sort of cost control. Uh, like uh, Pascal's teammate Jerome said on our show yesterday, when the manufacturers go all in, one needs to have cost control. Yes, so a podium on debut, a pole position in only your third race last season. What are your goals for the upcoming season? I think the team has always shown that it's capable of, of winning races and uh, yeah, being a, a competitive team. So we've shown that last year. Um, last year was my first season in Formula E and I've been on the podium. I had pole positions, so um, I'm still missing the race win. So hopefully this year I can, or this season, I can achieve that. And uh, otherwise, yeah, just get better and uh, aim for the, for the best possible result. So in the chatter around Mahindra Racing, there's one common hope that the team will be able to sustain a championship challenge throughout the season. And last night, Jerome spoke about this very situation and how the team plans to address it. And he said that the teams brought all resources under one roof and that should ideally help them regroup and, you know, assess their position and their strengths and weaknesses and so on. But what do you think needs to be done differently to remain competitive all season long? I think in Formula E is such a big competition and uh, probably last year we we missed a bit... Um, the development. Um, I think the other teams um, have made probably a bit bigger step than, than us during the season but um, yeah I think in the beginning we had one of the best cars um, which uh, which we could also see in the results. Um, Jerome was winning a race and was leading the championship for quite a long time and uh, when I started my season um, I was also on the podium straight away so we had a really good, good car in the beginning, but um, yeah, from mid to end season, especially on some certain tracks, we were struggling a bit more with the car. So hopefully we can be more consistent this year and more competitive. And finally, I think this is my favorite question. Uh, we've been asking this to all the Formula E drivers we've been interviewing uh, this season. Uh, so Pascal, as a Formula E racer, are you expected to live a sustainable life outside the series too? I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> 
You know, that's an honest answer. I'm going to live with that because I believe deep down inside we're all trying. Even if, you know, there are drivers who say I love meat and I love burning fuel. I think we are all <laughs> trying. And uh, that's that's nice. Thanks so much, Pascal. Yeah, and I think trying is a start in itself. So, you know what, Pascal, we're going to be cheering for you loud and clear all season long. So, good luck. And I really think that the fans will go mad when you score your first Formula E E-Pre win with Mahindra Racing. And I'm not even going to add the word if in my statement because I know it's coming and it's coming this season. Awesome. So, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. That brings us to the end of this interview and to the end of our back-to-back episodes, actually. Yeah, it's not as tiring as I thought it would be. I've had a lot of fun. I'm sure you did as well. And I hope Pascal did as well. (laughs) I'm happy you're not tired of spending time with me in the studio just yet. Not yet. Next year, we'll try triple header. Well, okay. (laughs) If Formula One can do it, we can do it. (laughs) Yes. On that note, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much. MotoGP does it too. Yes, there you go. Thank you so Bye, much guys. for See you all tuning next week. in. Bye Cheers. bye. See you. Wendy's Baconator is the ultimate bacon cheeseburger that puts all other cheeseburgers to cheeseburger shame. And now we're bringing that same big bacon energy to shake up and wake up your breakfast with the Breakfast Baconator. Stacked with a fresh cracked egg, sausage, cheese, and bacon. And right now, you can get a free Breakfast Baconator with purchase in the Wendy's app. So get to Wendy's and always be Baconating. We got you. Offer available at participating U.S. Wendy's for a limited time during breakfast hours only. Offer must be redeemed via the app. Account registration required.